Given, as you heard from the introduction, that I have been around for a while and have had the opportunity and, and the privilege and the pleasure of serving in five administrations, um, I thought I would bring that perspective to the topic today is the issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. There will be a surprise outbreak. There will be a surprise outbreak. And I hope by the end of my relatively short presentation, you will understand why history now, the history of the last 32 years that I've been the director of NIAID will tell the next administration that there's no doubt in anyone's mind. What's your message to platforms like Facebook? They're killing people. I mean, they're really, they're, look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. And, that, and, they're, and they're killing people. They're killing people. The only pandemic we have is amongst the unvaccinated. That's probably being done because the, the government doesn't want to show that the darn vaccine is full of, is full of Tell us about who this person is. Dr. Gonzalez is one of our emergency room doctors at Phoenix Indian Medical Center. And she's a federal employee? Correct. Now you got this guy in room four who got his second dose of vaccine um, on Tuesday, has been short of breath. Is he's got throwing myocarditis. Yes. Oh, this is bullshit. I, and and now, let's see. Probably myocarditis due to the vaccine. Right. But now they're not going to blame the vaccine. Well, and you know what? But he has an obligation to report that, doesn't he? They are not reporting. Right. Because they want to shove it under the, yeah. under the, 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 the mat. What patient was she referring to? She was uh, referring to that patient, that 30-something-year-old patient that had congestive heart congestive failure. Congestive heart failure. And in that particular patient's case, it was not reported. No. It hasn't probably uh, been done because the, the government doesn't want to show that the darn vaccine is full of is full of The government doesn't want to show that the vaccine is full of It's not doing what it, its purpose was. May I see your badges? You're Jody O'Malley with the Department of Health and Human Services. This is a United States government identification. I'm looking at the CDC website. It says that you're required to report adverse events following vaccinations. One of those would be uh, congestive heart failure. That's a huge one. Were there other instances that they, they didn't report? Oh, I've seen dozens of people come in with an adverse reaction. Yeah, it's really sad. She had just come back from surgery, from leave. So what are we looking at here? You're looking at me transferring her um, to uh, a higher level of care that could handle her condition. And this is a, col a colleague at your hospital who got sick. She didn't want to take it because of her religious beliefs. And she was coerced into taking it. Why are you choosing to blow the whistle? It's not what a lot of people would do. They're scared, they're afraid. Are you afraid? 
I wouldn't necessarily say I'm afraid because my faith lies in God and not man. This is evil at the, the highest level. You have the FDA, you have the CDC that are both supposed to be protecting us. Are you afraid they're going to retaliate against you? Yeah. I'm a federal employee. What other federal employees do you see coming out? But you put your faith in God. Amen. The government doesn't want to show that the darn vaccine is full of And it's not a history of the people who are vaccinated. That's sounding very germane. I'm going to go through it more instead of what the hell is your Mr. Shaw? Don't get the vaccine. She didn't want to take it because of her religious beliefs. She was coerced into taking it. They are not reporting because they want to shove it under the mask. Why are you choosing to blow the whistle? Are you afraid? I wouldn't necessarily say I'm afraid. My faith lies in God and not man. My name is Jody O'Malley, and I'm a master's prepared registered nurse. Well, first of all, your hospital is run by HHS, correct? I work for Health and Human Services um, with a Indian Health Services branch for the Native Americans. You, you, these are federal employees. Yes. I work for the government. So, I mean, the, the main thing is we have to follow. I know. I mean, that's another the, thing. The I don't know how much longer I'll be here. And the <laughs> here. I know. Are the policies and administrators coming directly from the federal government? Yes. The problem in here, they are not doing the studies. People that had it, you know, right. and the people that have been uh, uh, vaccinated, they're not doing any um, antibody testing. Now you got this guy in room four who got his second dose of vaccine mm -hmm. um, on Tuesday, has been short of breath. Okay, now his BNP is elevated, D-dimer elevated, ALT, all his liver enzymes are elevated, his PT, PTI, and R is elevated. He's got myocarditis. Yes! Oh, this is bull****. I, and and now, now, let's see. Probably myocarditis due to the vaccine. Right. But now they're not going to blame the vaccine. Well, and you know what? But he has an obligation to report that, doesn't he? Oh, it yes. happened. Right. What is it? 60 days after, if you see anything? Uh, they have got to. But how many people report. are reporting? They are not reporting. Right. Because they want to shove it under the, yeah. under the, 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 the map. In this instance with Dr. Gonzalez, what patient was she referring to or without saying she was uh, referring to that patient that had congestive heart congestive failure. heart failure and yeah. in that particular patient's case it was not reported no i'm going to have to transfer you to another hospital yeah. we don't have cardiologists here and what you're developing is like a congestive heart failure mm -hmm. okay and and that's not good. I don't know where this is coming from. Mm. On July 29th, you had the first COVID vaccine. Mm. And August 19th, you had the second. You know, you don't have COVID. Okay, but you have got a lot of symptoms, you know. And you're developing congestive heart failure. Were there other instances that they... They didn't report? Oh, I've seen dozens of people come in with an adverse reaction. Was one of the ones you saw a 15 year old with blood clots? Yeah, so I was um, just covering a nurse. Um, he's in here with bilateral PEs, but he's fine. And I'm like, okay. So he wasn't on oxygen or anything like that. And I said, was he um, vaccinated? And then she's like, 
I don't know. So then I looked in the chart and he was. He had the Pfizer vaccine or at the end of July and he was due for a second dose. So this is essentially two to three weeks later. Most likely cause of hypoxia, unusual PE at this age. Unclear etiology. They don't know why he got it. So how do we know that the blood clots, or how do you know that the blood clots are a result of the COVID vaccine? Because this is a 15-year-old, normal weight, healthy child. No reason for him to have a blood clot. It's a shame they're not treating people. I know. Like they're supposed to, like they should. And I don't think they want people to do it. And how many have you seen that have gotten vaccinated here? Sick and yeah. side effects? A lot. A lot. Have you seen it too? Yeah. Yes. So and I'm like, who's, who's writing the VAERS report? Nobody, because it takes over a half an hour to write the damn Why? The CDC website, it says that you're required to report adverse events following vaccinations. Is there a policy at the hospital for reporting these complications? No. There has never been any directive sent out on reporting. With this vaccine, we are in stage three clinical trials. Normally, stage three clinical trials is where you gather your data. What the responsibility on everyone is, is to gather that data and report it. And if we're not gathering that data and reporting it, then how are we going to say that this is safe and approved for use? How come after 18 months we haven't had any it's, research? Isn't that fishy to you? It doesn't. It, does. it is doesn't, fishy. It's super it, fishy. It's not that it hasn't been done. It hasn't been published. <laughs> it hasn't probably um, been done because the, the government doesn't want to show that the darn vaccine is full of is full of. What does she mean by full of? It's not doing what it, its purpose was. And what, did, what is Dr. McGee saying in that video? He's trying to defend the vaccine. Why would he do that? Because that's his view on it. Okay. His view is get the vaccine, it's science, right? If we all just get it, this will all be over with. Such a bunch of bull and what do we do? I don't know, but there's so much I'm gonna pull up. So much? How do we do that? Like, you know, Project Veritas. Why are you choosing to blow the whistle? It's not what a lot of people would do. They're scared, they're afraid. What prompted me to do this was when I was house supervisor one night and one of my co-workers had taken the vaccine and she didn't want to. She had went throughout this entire pandemic working in the intensive care unit. It pretty much was a COVID unit. Yeah, it's really sad. She had just come back from surgery from leave. Two weeks ago, a little over two weeks, and then um, got her first dose of vaccine after surviving this entire pandemic. She didn't want to take it. She didn't want to take it because of her religious beliefs. And she was coerced into taking it. And it's like, nobody, nobody should have to decide between their livelihood, being a part of the team in the hospital, or take the vaccine. Now, now, now we're just making people take it 
and then there's reactions to it, and then you have a medication that has been shown effective and surely has no adverse reactions for trying it. Did um, Dr. Bakwa talk to you about prescribing ivermectin for out of this facility. And so physicians can't um, prescribe off-label use medication here? Not for COVID, they did it with hydroxychloroquine and they it was really bad and so they are not allowing it right now. She said yes, um, I would agree to write for this because she's not contraindicated. And Dr. Bagwa said that? Yes. I am, I am stuck. I am told you are absolutely not to use it under any circumstances whatsoever for somebody with COVID unless you don't want to have a job. I am not going to lose my job. Damn. They were not allowing, they were going to lose their job if they allowed you to use that drug. Right. Nuts. Right now, um, what is plaguing this country is the spirit of fear. Are you afraid? It's my career, you know? It's how I help people. Um, but am I afraid? I wouldn't necessarily say I'm afraid um, because my faith lies in God and not man. So I have um, two older kids that are on their own. And I have a 12-year-old at home um, that I care for on my own. You know, like, what kind of person would I be if I, if I knew all of this? This is evil. This is evil at the, the highest level. You have the FDA. You have the CDC that are both supposed to be protecting us, but they are under the government. And everything that we've done so far is unscientific. Are you afraid they're going to retaliate against you? Yeah. I'm a federal employee. What other federal employees do you see coming out? But you put your faith in God. Amen. Pediatric healthcare whistleblower. Horrific reality we all expected. Injecting an experimental drug into... Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven-year-olds. Unheard of. According to Rumble here, this video, pediatric jab, whistleblower, horrifying report. Kids react to injection. Rumble. Countless whistleblowers flood the inbox of the Stu Peters show. We could literally do segments on these all day long. As the FDA pushes the needle towards our preschoolers for financial gain and total tyrannical reign, we will continue to expose the horrific consequences of their evil agenda. What next? Will the FDA and CDC approve vaccination injections for newborn babies and one-year-olds, along with complete face mask? How much money will they make out of all of this? Federal workers file lawsuit over Biden vaccine mandate. A group of federal workers made up from multiple states have now sued the Biden administration over President Joe Biden's COVID-19 vaccine mandates that are aimed at federal workers and federal contractors. There's a new movie out called Systematic Deception. Most people don't realize how much deception actually goes on in politics and on the news media. So check out this movie.
If you haven't figured out that the FDA and the CDC and all these groups are just completely corrupted, sold out, bought, purchased, paid for, they have wrapped them in the most pretty leftist totalitarian paper ever, and there is a communist bow sitting on top. It is done. There is no, no reason to trust a word these people have to say. I mean, they have so demonstrated their, the fact they've completely sold out. When the CDC is telling you one thing about COVID, and they've told you 47 different things about it in the past, at the same time that they're saying that, it, that, that uh, misgendering transgender people is a public health issue, it's all the information you need. But now the FDA, which approved a drug that doesn't exist, by the way. I hope you realize that. Everybody says they, the Pfizer thing is, is FDA approved. No, it's not. What was approved was an um, application for a drug that they have not produced yet. And it specifically says in the documentation that this does not include what people have been being jabbed with. So... Anyway, but they did that approval without almost any of the safeguards that are norm normative. And all you got to do, you go back 2019. We played it for you. Go back 2019. The C-SPAN 2 video. Keep those things. Stick them on jump drives. Put them inside static bags. Okay? Um, because... There you had a group of people, including Anthony Fauci and Fauci himself. He was lamenting how long it takes to get new vaccine technology approved. It would take a decade because that's what safety requires. Well, he found a way around it, didn't he? Yeah, he certainly did. And so the FDA's thing, they didn't have public comment. They, they, they required certain data sets five or ten years down the road. Isn't that wonderful? Again, if you can try to push yourself back to 2019, back before the insanity became widely infective, and go, would anybody have put up with any of this back then? The answer is a clear nope. Never would have. But here we are. So, as you heard, an FDA advisory panel voted 17 to 0 to approve these experimental genetic therapies for children between 5 and 11 years of age. These are children who are under no danger from COVID. There, there is far more danger for these children of getting hit by cars, falling off bikes, car accidents, and numerous other diseases than there is from COVID. They're in no danger. We have zero, nada, no long-term safety studies as to the impact of these genetic therapies upon developing human beings. Shoving these things into the arms of five 11-year-olds is a crime on the level of what the Nazis were doing in Auschwitz. No question about it. And it's happening right under our noses. We're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it. Yeah, um, that's just the way it goes. But we're never going. To yeah, we're never going to 
Find out about how safe the vaccine is until we start giving it. Dr. Judy Mikovits has been called one of the most accomplished scientists of her generation. Her 1991 doctoral thesis revolutionized the treatment of HIV-AIDS. At the height of her career, Dr. Mikovits published a blockbuster article in the journal Science. The controversial article sent shockwaves through the scientific community as it revealed that the common use of animal and human fetal tissues were unleashing devastating plagues of chronic diseases. For exposing their deadly secrets, the minions of Big Pharma waged war on Dr. Mikovits, destroying her good name, career, and personal life. Now, as the fate of nations hang in the balance, Dr. Mikovits is naming names of those behind the plague of corruption that places all human life in danger. So you made a discovery that conflicted with the agreed-upon narrative. <laughs> Correct. And for that, they did everything in their powers to destroy your life. Correct. You were arrested. Correct. And then you were put under a gag order. Um, for, for five years, if I went on social media, if I said anything at all, they would find new evidence and, um, and put me back in jail. And so what did they charge you with? Nothing. But you were in jail. I was held in jail with no charges. I was called a fugitive from justice. But you have decided to come forth when your gag order has been released to write a book called Plague of Corruption, Restoring Faith in the Promise of Science. And you are naming names. Absolutely. Apparently, their attempt to silence you has failed. And I, I have to ask... How do you sit here with confidence to call out these great forces and not fear for your life as you leave this building? Because if we don't stop this now, we can not only forget our republic and our freedom, but we can forget humanity because we'll be killed by this agenda. So Anthony Fauci. My name is uh, Dr. Tony Fauci. I'm the director. The man who is heading the pandemic task force was involved in a cover-up. He directed the cover-up. And in fact, everybody else was paid off and paid off big time. Millions of dollars in funding from Tony Fauci, Tony Fauci's organization, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. These investigators that committed the fraud continue to this day to be paid big time by the NIAID. And the whole world is listening to his advice for how to handle this current pandemic. How do we know that what he's saying is what we need to be learning? What he's saying is absolute uh, propaganda and, and the same kind of propaganda that he's perpetrated to kill millions since 1984. We know from this study quite clearly that there will be a delay in progression significantly greater than for individuals who do not take the drug. Normalcy only returns when we've largely vaccinated the entire global population. If we activate mandatory vaccines globally, I imagine these people stand to make hundreds of billions of dollars that own the vaccines. And they'll kill millions, as they already have with their vaccines. There is no vaccine currently on the schedule for any RNA virus that works. So I have to ask you, are you anti-vaccine? Oh, absolutely not. I'm, in fact, vaccine is immune therapy, uh, just like interferon alpha is immune therapy. So I'm not anti-vaccine. My job is to develop immune therapies. That's what vaccines are. Do you believe that this virus was created in a laboratory? I wouldn't use the word created. 
but you can't say naturally occurring if it was by way of the laboratory. So it's very clear this virus was manipulated, These, this family of viruses was manipulated and studied in a laboratory where the animals were taken into the laboratory, and this is what was released, whether deliberate or not. That cannot be naturally occurring. Somebody didn't go to a market, get a bat, the virus didn't jump directly to humans. That's not how it works. That's accelerated viral evolution. If it was a natural occurrence, it would take it up to 800 years to occur. This occurred from SARS-1 within a decade. That's not, that's not naturally occurring. And do you have any ideas of where this occurred? Oh, yeah. I'm sure it occurred between the North Carolina laboratories, Fort Detrick, U.S. Army Research Institute of Infectious Disease, and the Wuhan Laboratory. $3.7 million flowed from the National Institutes of Health here in the U.S. to the Wuhan lab in China, the same lab where many people have said that this coronavirus infection first originated. We also now know that NIAID the department associated with the National Institutes of Health, of which Dr. Anthony Fauci is in control, had already been conducting experiments with the Wuhan lab in the past in regard to coronavirus. When I'm writing up my death report, I'm being pressured to add COVID. Why is that? Why are we being pressured to add COVID to maybe increase the numbers and make it look a little bit worse than it is? I think so. If someone dies with COVID-19, we are counting that as a COVID-19 death. You don't die with an infection. You die from an infection. I've talked with doctors who have admitted that they are being incentivized to list patients that are sick or have died with COVID-19. Yeah, $13,000 from Medicare, if you call it COVID-19. We know that hydrochloroquine and zinc are working great for patients. And then Fauci comes out and says, well, there's no double-blind controlled placebo study, which by the way, Dr. Fauci, is there going to be a double-blind controlled placebo study of your vaccine? Is there? In a survey polling nearly 2,300 doctors in some 30 countries, hydroxychloroquine was ranked as the most effective medication to treat the virus. The AMA was saying, you know, doctors will lose their license if they use hydroxychloroquine, the anti-malarial drug that's been on the list of essential medicine worldwide for 70 years. Dr. Fauci calls that anecdotal data. It's not storytelling if we have thousands of pages of data saying it's effective against these families of viruses. And this is essential medicine, and they keep it from the people. Not only now, but back in autism with our discovery, there was an old antiviral drug, 100-year-old drug called Suramin, on the WHO list of essential medicine. It literally gave kids with autism a voice, a life. What did Bayer and Monsanto do? They took it away from everybody. You couldn't get it to save your life right now. And we tried. Believe me, every way we could. So when you take away a medicine, and not just the WHO, not just the WHO, the FDA, the CDC, Tony Fauci, close everything. The game is to prevent the therapies till everyone is infected and push the vaccines knowing that the flu vaccines increase the odds by 36% of getting COVID-19. Where does that data come from? 
a publication last year where the military who had been vaccinated with influenza were more susceptible to coronaviruses. Coronaviruses are in every animal. So if you've ever had a flu vaccine, you were injected with coronaviruses and then to put on a mask. This doesn't make any sense. We wear masks in an acute setting to protect us. We're not wearing masks. Why is that? Because we understand microbiology, we understand immunology, and we want strong immune systems. Our immune system is used to touching. We share bacteria, staphylococcal, streptococcal bacteria, viruses. We develop an immune response daily to this stuff. When you take that away from me, my immune system drops. As I shelter in place, my immune system drops. You keep me there for months, it drops more. And now I'm at home hand washing vigorously, washing the counters, worried about things that are indeed what I need to survive. I don't think everybody needs to wear a mask and gloves because it reduces your bacterial flora. It doesn't allow you to interact with society and your bacteria flora and your viruses, your friends that protect you from other diseases, end up going away and now you're more likely to get opportunistic infections, infections that are hoping you don't have your good bugs fighting for you, if that makes sense. And then as we all come out of shelter in place with a lower immune system and start trading viruses and bacteria, what do you think is going to happen? Disease is going to spike. You're, you're not the first virologist who has told me that we're doing the exact opposite of what we should be doing to contain and to create immunity from this virus. Why would you close the beach? You've got sequences in the soil, in the sand. You've got healing microbes in the ocean, in the salt water. That's insanity. The idea that we are now a few days away from a new administration, given, as you heard from the introduction, that I have been around for a while and have had the opportunity of serving in five administrations, I thought I would bring that perspective to the topic today, is the issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today is that there is no question that there will be a surprise outbreak. The thing we're extraordinarily confident about is that we are gonna see this in the next few years. Thank you. I think it was all to prepare the population for mass vaccination. I think it was very intentional to, to, to maximize the amount of fear, suffering, hospitalization, and death to prepare the population to accept mass vaccination. And when mass vaccination came out, they didn't say targeted or just for the seniors or just where the maximum benefit is. They said a needle in every arm and they meant it. Welcome, everyone, to another extraordinary interview here on Brighton Conversations. Remember, we're the platform where we can exercise free speech that is not allowed on the major big tech uh, platforms. And today we have a first-time guest. His name is Dr. Peter McCullough, and he is just an extraordinary individual. He's a professor of medicine. Uh, Texas A&M, Dallas, he's published, I think, 42 peer-reviewed uh, papers on COVID. He's been at the forefront of trying to help save lives in this, and he has a very powerful and very timely message for what's happening with medicine and science, 
and COVID. So, Dr. McCullough, it's an honor to have you on. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. It's great to be here. You, you referred to the biodistribution study, uh, one, of, one of which I'm aware is out of Japan, and the, the, the mainstream vaccine industry claims that these, these spike protein nanoparticles uh, do not circulate throughout the body, but the studies show they do. I think there's another pharmacokinetic study as well that establishes that. Uh, what you just mentioned is huge. I mean, just based on that research alone, it seems like the FDA should pull the emergency authorization and say, wait a second, we need to study this in more depth. We can't inject people if this is circulating throughout the entire body. But, but they're not doing that. What's going on? The vaccines, uh, the Johnson Johnson, Pfizer, and Moderna have a very dangerous mechanism of action. We cannot have genetic substances circulating in our body in um, lipid nanoparticles or other forms of matrix nanoparticles and go to our brain. We can't do that. I mean, that cannot be allowed. It's a dangerous mechanism of action. The Japanese did not trust Pfizer and when Pfizer said it stayed locally in the arm, Jeffrey said, we don't trust you. Show us where this goes. And there was a biodistribution study done of the nanoparticles, not the messenger RNA, but the nanoparticles. And they went everywhere. They did wash out of organs in a couple of days, but they hyper-concentrated in the ovaries. In Europe, they didn't trust Moderna on fertility. And they asked them, what happens to fertility with Moderna? They did an animal study, and Moderna dropped fertility. So and I, the, FDA, I, the FDA, Mike, told Pfizer, Moderna, and J&J, no pregnant women, no women of child-brain potential who cannot assure contraception. They did that for a reason. They knew the vaccines should not be used in young women. They knew that. And yet the vaccine is being uh, promoted for pregnant women all across America today by the medical establishment. But just getting back to that study, as I recall, one of the other areas where the nanoparticles uh, tended to cluster was in the adrenals. So now we're talking about uh, hormonal interference, which could affect fertility. It could affect mental states, moods. It could affect so many things right uh, in, in the body. Unknown effects. Right. Well, there, there have been nanoparticle studies, there was one from China published about eight years or so ago that tested these nanoparticles. And they asked, where did they go? And it made, they made a brilliant, nice rainbow of all the organs where the nanoparticles sh sh uh, uh, shower. And they did show that they go to the ovaries. So the point is, and the adrenals. So the point is, the FDA, Pfizer, Moderna, J&J, &J, they knew, or they should have known that these particles are going to hit these vital organs. And then when they drop their genetic payload, then they're going to start producing the spike protein in damaging cells in those organs. So it was not surprising when uh, young women were ill-advised and took the vaccine, they started having problems with their periods. That was not unexpected. In a New England Journal of Medicine paper of pregnancy, uh, of women who took the vaccine, the authors concluded it was safe to give the vaccine in pregnancy. Now, no woman carried the baby nine months because the vaccines haven't been a lot around nine months, but they looked at different windows of time, and they divided all the pregnancy loss rates by the largest denominator possible, so it was really false reporting. When we zeroed in on the first trimester and just divided by those who got the vaccine in the trimester, not those who got it later on, there was an 83% loss in fetal uh, in the babies. So these vaccines are directly killing babies in the first trimester, and it is absolutely atrocious, horrible, 
Southern Texas and Garden Ecology right now is recommending that women, pregnant women, take the COVID-19 vaccine. Pregnant women can breeze right through COVID-19. There has been some bad outcomes, but it is very treatable with our drugs. We can even use hydroxychloroquine uh, through pregnancy. We can use prednisone and other drugs. No woman should ever take the risk with the COVID-19 vaccine during pregnancy, period. Uh, the FDA, Pfizer, Moderna, didn't allow it in their clinical trials. It should be not be allowed in practice today. Yeah, that's, that's you're talking common sense medicine here, but it seems like common sense has been thrown out the window. But I, I'm so glad you brought this up because it seems like beginning in about maybe six months and continuing on, we may see a collapse in, in birth rates and maybe ongoing infertility problems. But that brings up the obvious question. Do, do you think that there is an infertility or long-term population reduction agenda. Many people believe that. Lots of my guests have discussed that. Is that something that you uh, subscribe to, or is it, we don't have enough data yet to, to conclude that? You know, I can't. I've been so focusing on the medical response and taking care of my patients. I know others are working on, you know, people have called them conspiracy theories. Uh, the, uh, you know, the, the rapper, RC rapper says, you know, it's not a conspiracy theory if it keeps coming true. And, and I'm not going to comment on conspiracy theories, but if you ask me, uh, do you think these vaccines are going to have an impact on fertility? I think the answer is yes. We've already seen that in the Moderna application. And now with the fetal loss data fairly calculated from the New England Journal of Medicine study, there's no doubt about it. Pregnant women are going to lose their babies if they take the vaccine. And, and it's yeah. worse than that. Once they've conceived and they're breastfeeding, we now have vignettes in the vaccine adverse event reporting system where women take the vaccine they generate the spike protein, and we infer the spike protein goes through the milk and then kills the baby. So these vaccines need to stay away from babies and mothers and women who are trying to conceive. I mean, there can't be a more clear message. You know, women are concerned about, you know, drinking half a glass of wine during pregnancy. How in the world can they take a shot of a wildly experimental, unproven, unsafe vaccine for the first time. How could they ever do it? it all, it's almost as if Americans and doctors and everybody are just brainwashed together. They are brainwashed. They've been propagandized and they are blindly accepting something that they should just stay away from. We are now working with a whole group of people. You know, we call ourselves the five docs, right? So this is Lee Merrick, Larry Pilevsky, Sherry Tenpenny, me, Carrie Made, And you've probably had most of them on your, on your program. Yes. And we began, uh, what happened is uh, Tiffany Holm, who is a marketing expert with MillionsAgainstMedicalMandates.org. One of her friends is the one who started collecting stories of, we're talking thousands and thousands of stories of women having menstrual irregularities, things like passing an entire decidual cast, like the entire inside of the uterus just falling out. And, you know, what would do that? That I've never seen it in my career as an OBGYN. Um, clots coming out of the vagina of a 16-month-old baby girl, a uh, six-year-old in the UK bleeding into her underwear after spending the weekend with newly vaccinated grandparents. And I don't want to use the word vaccinated, new, newly inoculated. Right, right. So something is clearly being transmitted. And if you look at the Pfizer document from the very beginning on page 67, 
it actually says, and this is this is the uh, the stuff for study participants, right? When this was brand new, and they say no male should be impregnating a woman for seven weeks, and no female should get pregnant for seven weeks, and they say right on there because of skin contact or contact with sexual fluids. So you have to ask yourself, what did they know? What do they know that they're not telling us? Was this guidance document saying they shouldn't have this contact for those numbers of weeks after being vaccinated? That's correct, after having the shot. Yeah, yeah. And now we're injecting synthetic mRNA in several different ways. Um, One in an adenovirus vector, which gives you the DNA of some other species. So then you have to deal with that. So by the way, the J&J shot is probably the most dangerous. They're all dangerous. But now all of a sudden, Okay, in 2020, early 2021, you fall out of a plane, the parachute doesn't open, that's a COVID death. But you drop dead the day after you've had a uh, one of these shots, and that's a coincidence. It is the same playbook that we have been hearing for, well, since 1986, when the vaccine schedule of the CDC tripled because Congress passed an act that said, you can put anything in there you want, you're not liable. This is where you have to get out your tinfoil hat and say, listen, folks, (laughs) this is a depopulation agenda. Why else would you suddenly, why would Pfizer suddenly want to have permission to give the shot to 12 to 15 year olds. What is that window? That's puberty. That's puberty. So we want to, and and we're getting disturbing reports from fertility clinics that the men who've had the shot now have sperm that will not swim. The women who've had the shots have eggs that will not develop into embryos. The indoctrination about vaccines started long, long ago. You you know, we need to reach herd immunity. By the way, herd immunity is not a proven concept unless literally you are a herd and unless a certain percentage of the herd had the actual disease. Uh, So this, first of all, a vaccine does not give you normal immunity. It doesn't give you the immunity that you get from actually having the disease. Here's the thing. The mRNA does go in there and there's good science that it then it gets destroyed by the body. Here's the problem. Through a process called transfection, the mRNA recipe does not, it, it goes through the ribosomes And it's not like I totally understand this, but I do know from transfection in the daughter cells of the original cells, when the cells undergo mitosis, then the DNA will become affected, not on the first round, but later, so that we do have evidence that it changes your DNA, and then you become a factory for this uh, synthetic protein antibody to to the spike protein. There's two things. There's the antibody that your body is creating. And then there's also the spike protein. As Sherry Tenpenny points out, there are 50 billion spike proteins in each of the shots. When you look at global public health, it's a death cult. Isn't it true? I believe that uh, Bill Gates cannot go to India because so many children got polio 
from the polio vaccines in, in uh, India. We do know that uh, I just saw a patent for infertility from vaccines. Is it going to take a massive amount of people dying? We know what the mainstream will call that. They'll say, oh, it's, it's, a, more vir- it's a virile variant. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. That mRNA is designed to make a, sp- a spike protein that will attack the placenta. We have some case reports that women who've had the shot begin to have disintegration of the placenta so that it looks old and inflamed. So the very organ that supports the child is under attack. I was uh, talking with Sherry Tenpenny and we, this targeting of the age 12 to 15 with the Pfizer shot during puberty, you know, we are aghast. Yesterday on the Stu Peters show, we showed you a video. It was a self-recorded video, one of many that we have now discovered on Brittany Galvin's social media accounts. Here she is placing metal objects on her face, which seem to be sticking as if she's magnetized. These things all started happening to her after she received the Moderna shot. She's now been hospitalized and diagnosed with, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Guillain-Barre syndrome, a very serious diagnosis. And according to her neurologist, this diagnosis was caused directly by the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine. Brittany joins us now live from her hospital room in Florida, where she's undergoing her first rounds of treatment for this diagnosis. Brittany, thank you so much for being here. First of all, I'm so incredibly sorry that you're dealing with this. I want to thank you uh, for your bravery on behalf of all of your brothers and sisters here in our country for coming forward, using your experience to warn your fellow Americans. It's, it's very noble. And I appreciate that. Thank you, Stu. Thanks for having me. Of course. So first of all, just to clear this up, have you ever in your history ever had any autoimmune diseases? I have had an autoimmune disease. Yes. I have rheumatoid arthritis. Um, I was diagnosed about four years ago and I've been in remission for a couple of years. Okay. Do you have mm-hmm. any other than the rheumatoid arthritis? Do you have any other pre-existing conditions prior to the shot? No, nothing that I have experienced. No, nothing. Okay. I've never had heart conditions. I've never had seizures. I've never had um, whatever they're calling it, neuropathy. I've never had any of this. This is actually my third trip to a hospital in the last two weeks um, since the since the second Moderna shot. I have been here three times. Once was via an ambulance and a 911 phone call. Um, The second one was after I was released. I came back to the ER due to my symptoms still continuing. And this is now the third time that I've been here. So I've had and undergone a lot of tests. I have had every blood test you can think of. I've had every neuro test you can think of, including, um, I think they call them EED or EEG, and the brain MRIs, I've had three, three CTs, three brain MRIs, MRIs of my lower back. I had a lumbar puncture, so a spinal tap. Um, I've, I've had everything, everything you can think of. So yesterday, right before I was about to be released by the team, because once again, they were believing you know, we're not just, I don't want to say believing, they weren't able to understand what was happening to me other than a diagnosis of pericarditis, which is of the heart, which again, I've never had before. Other than that, they couldn't figure out what else was going on. So they immediately always just say, you know, it's stress, anxiety. So they were about to release me and the neuro team walked in. And when the neuro team walked in, everything changed. They had, they had received some results from my puncture. Okay. And those results 
the Nero team told you was as a direct result of the injection, the Moderna shot being called a vaccine. He did. He okay. said it was from the Moderna shot. I'm not the first patient that is, this has happened to. A lot of doctors and nurses here actually have told me that they are seeing a lot of side effects. Um, a common response is that we see it with a lot of vaccines. Um, but I didn't hear that from my doctor. My doctor told me is that this is something he has seen from the Moderna shot specifically. There was another young lady here recently that had the exact same thing. After my first injection, I did have some of what I'm, you know, explaining with my legs. So imagine walking through the room and you feel like you're walking through mud or through cement. So you can walk, but you feel so unsteady and they're so heavy. My feet were so heavy. And this was maybe four or five hours after the first dose. I got the second one and I actually experienced nothing right away. Um, second one wasn't bad at all. I didn't even have the pain in the arm like I did the first one. It wasn't until 13 days after that I had what we now know was not a seizure, but I had, I seized up. I completely seized up and um, fainted on the floor, couldn't walk. My head was tingly. My ears were hot. My head was pounding with pain. I mean, the most incredible pain you can think of. And um, I ended up calling 911. And by the time the paramedics got there, my whole entire body was what I call seizing up. So originally, the doctors thought I had a stroke or a seizure. The reason I've gone so public with it is because it's the, I feel like it's the biggest mistake I've ever made. You know, I, I didn't listen to myself. I listened to the media. And I listened to the shaming and I listened to the commercials saying in the, the broadcast saying that if you didn't have a vaccine, you had to sit in a certain spot. I mean, I felt like we were on a movie and I didn't want to be that dirty person. I didn't want to be that person who didn't do what we were supposed to do. And all of these people who have been so worried about people dying from COVID, why aren't you worried about them dying from the vaccine? I am a healthy individual, 35 years old, three children, married to a deputy, have a house, have a, you know, a German shepherd. I have a life at home. Do you think I want to be sitting in a hospital wondering if I'm going to be paralyzed the rest of my life? And I don't even know if it's going to get worse. I was told today I can't get up to go to the bathroom because it is getting worse. Who wants to hear that at 35 from taking a vaccine? Um, they did two x-rays and in the x-ray description, you know how they have to put a description of why they're doing the test. They put possible foreign object because they were looking for a piece of metal. The MRI tech took the spoon that I had put on my arm, took it off of my tray. This was at Memorial when I first started. Took it to the MRI room with us. When I was in the MRI, he was playing around with the spoon, doing it to himself, filming himself, showing it to his friends, laughing about it. When I got out, I said, oh, did you try it? He said, yeah, it sticks to me too. It's happening everywhere. It happens to me. My nurses have seen it. They've done it to me. My doctors have seen it. They've done it to me. And their responses are, they don't know what's happening. They don't. Because that's the truth. The truth is they don't know what's happening. If you're sitting here and you're watching this, whether you're in denial or whether you believe it, um, question it. Because what knowledge do we have if we don't question it? You know, science, everyone wants to talk about science. Last I checked, science was all about questioning, you know, the ability for something to do something and, and finding out what's really inside of it and what makes it work. It wasn't just completely denying it. So... The people who are mocking me and making fun of me and people like me, um, some of us won't be alive, you know, here in months or days or weeks. Some of us won't be here because of this vaccine. So 
pay attention, do your research. And when I mean do your research, don't just watch mainstream media, actually do your research. Look at the inserts for the vaccines, call your pharmacist and ask questions, start asking your doctors questions, put the metal on your body yourself and see if it works because I guarantee it does. Um, and just pay attention, pay attention. Gasping for air, unable to breathe, the local teenagers rushed to an area hospital just hours after getting his second COVID-19 vaccine. I got my COVID shot. 17-year-old Alex Franks was a healthy kid and never had any medical issues. Two days after the high school junior got his second dose of the Pfizer vaccine, he had trouble breathing. And I got a um, sudden, like, constricting feeling in my chest. I'm 18 years old, I'm healthy, I'm active, I was anyway. Actually driving down the interstate and uh, it just all of a sudden my heart rate like went way up and it just felt like it was kind of beating out of my chest, it hurt so bad. Harris was rushed to the ER and told he was having a heart attack and suffering from myocarditis. A few weeks later, a doctor at the Cleveland Clinic linked the reaction to his vaccine. An 18-year-old in Kenmore who has developed a heart problem after getting the second dose of COVID vaccine. Say if they had waited any longer, things would have been much worse because myocarditis can be deadly. Like, I'm 18 years old, no medical record of any kind. I felt like my chest was really tight and my throat was really swollen up, like my lymph nodes in my neck. Where teenage boys... Uh, that get the COVID vaccine are potentially getting myocarditis, which is the inflammation of the sac around the heart. This is Trevor. Say hi, Trevor. It's happening both with Pfizer, which is what my son got.
This information comes from The Defender, Children's Health Defense News and Views, updated August 23rd, 2021. Study, fully vaccinated healthcare workers carry 251 times viral load, pose threat to unvaccinated patients and coworkers. A preprint paper by the prestigious Oxford University Clinical Research Group published August 10th, 2021 in the Lancet found vaccinated individuals carry 251 times the load of COVID-19 viruses in their nostrils compared to the unvaccinated. The airlines are gonna crack down. All of the people, the institutions that control your day-to-day life are gonna crack down and say it's no longer emergency use. Now we can compel it and they're gonna compel people to do it. And Americans are gonna believe they have no choice and they're gonna get in line. What we said to people, if somebody orders you to get this vaccine, say, fine, show me the Comirnaty vaccine. Show me the label. It says, if it doesn't say Comirnaty on it, it is unavailable. This is not something that the citizens of the United States right now should be worried about. There's no doubt that we knew that we would get cases here. There is no need to change anything that you're doing on a day-by-day basis. You do those things, masks, no crowds, physical distance, personal hygiene, no doubt you're gonna be able to turn these things around. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better and it might even block a, a droplet but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is make sure you wear a mask so you wear a mask then you put a cloth mask over which actually is much better another coronavirus that obviously jumped from an animal species we don't know exactly how that happened we have not ruled out the possibility that there could have been a leak from the lab should we have any worries about walking by someone on the street who may be unvaccinated not at all i would have no concern walking down the street past a person who's not been vaccinated and even a person who's been infected because the protection is really quite substantial we do know that the science shows now that even people who are vaccinated and get a breakthrough infection can transmit. All of the things that I have spoken about consistently from the very beginning have been fundamentally based on science. So if you are trying to, you know, get at me as a public health official and a scientist, you're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. You have to be asleep not to see that. I must be asleep. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody's trying to get at him. I think they're just sick of him. And this is apparent in the, in the headlines. This was already in April of 2021. Fauci fatigue. There it is. There's that syndrome sets in as top doc sows doubt in vaccine effectiveness. And now this is recent. We have a new Rasmussen poll. Fauci fatigue. Fewer than half of Americans have a favorable view of Fauci. Uh, and it says here, the latest Rasmussen uh, uh, reports, National Telephone and Online Survey finds 42% uh, uh, view Fauci unfavorably, including 29% whose opinion of him is very unfavorable. 14% are not sure. 
Uh, and it's not really stopping with Fauci because here we had him come out again uh, just recently and talk about uh, kids and school vaccinations, even though we don't have the data for that yet. He seems pretty clear on it. Take a listen. Now that the vaccine has full approval from the FDA, the, the Pfizer vaccine, would you like to see it mandated for students elsewhere in the U.S.? And once it's approved for kids under 12, should it be mandated for them, too? You know, I know that a lot of people will be pushing back against that, but if you get the imprimatur about the safety and the strong benefit-risk ratio for the children, when that gets established, which I believe it certainly will, by the FDA and the ACIP, I believe that mandating vaccines for children to appear in school is a good idea. And remember, Jake, this is not something new. We have mandates in many places in schools, particularly public schools, that if in fact you want a child to come in, we've done this for decades and decades, requiring polio, measles, mumps, rubella, hepatitis. So this would not be something new, requiring vaccinations for children to come to school. What might be new is the you know, requiring a vaccine for an illness that children are at 0% risk of having any issues with. Um, so much science has reported on that. So many world-renowned scientists saying, do not vaccinate the kids, saying that you know, this school environment is the safest place for anybody to be. They handle this virus so well, that ends up creating herd immunity and protecting everybody else. You're only putting children at risk, but apparently, you know, that's where he's at. So, you know, of course, the world, we're, we're tired of it. Here in the United States of America, I'm sure the entire world is tired of listening to Tony Fauci. I don't know that you've ever sent anyone down to the tractor supply to grab some horse paste and uh, eat it. But what do you think of, you know, when you see that um, and you see Fauci saying there's no evidence that ivermectin works, what do you have to say about that, that thought? Okay, so there's an old saying, if his lips are moving, blank. Uh, I heard the same thing about Budesonide. He said that it's just, he was had an interview with Matthew McConaughey on the Internet. Yeah. And he said to Matthew that Budesonide is just a placebo, Matthew. It doesn't really work. Is there any downside to, to you know, there are people that, that, that are, are believe that Budesonide and, and, and taking zinc is, 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 is working? Is there any downside to, 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 to doing it? You know, it, there, there's a placebo effect to make you feel yeah. better and less anxious. But in reality, Matthew, it doesn't have any effect. Right. Okay. Oxford University said the opposite. Oxford is the oldest university in the English-speaking world since 1096. 72 Nobel Prize laureates. They say that he's wrong. Right. They say that 90% of hospitalizations are urgent care visits. And, you know, what has he said that's right? Right. Uh, and so this is more of the same pattern of uh, information going out from two different sources. One has been proven wrong over and over. I'll say that half of the people that I'm seeing in this infusion center have been vaccinated. I love people. I have loved ones that have been vaccinated, others that haven't. Uh, the problem is the virus. And the problem is there's a tremendous effort to censor information and, and, and interfere with the uh, Science and facts, and you know, if you have a source like for university, and Fauci talking about facts and science, he just says something and uh, has nothing to back it up.
look, we've seen the studies. We've shown them here on the show. Uh, studies so powerful with ivermectin that they discontinued them because people were dying that were in the placebo group, and they just couldn't watch it any longer. Um, so it, it's amazing to watch the FDA, the CDC, Health and Human Services that are supposed to be caring about people. Uh, sticking with what apparently is mostly the protocol around the country is, you know, go home, wait till your oxygen level drops so low that you're in critical condition, come back, we'll drug you and put you on a ventilator where you have a 1 in 10 chance of dying. Uh, it's really nice to see here in Texas that they are moving into different treatments and continuing to pursue treatments, not just vaccinations. Obviously, we're going to have to use everything we can as we get through this. Do you see an end in sight? I mean, is, is there a surge, I guess is my question. We're in Texas. I feel like now, more than ever before, I know more people that are coming down with COVID. I know more people that are, you know, having a rough time. I don't know anyone that's died yet, but it does feel like, whereas last year I was like, I don't even know if this virus exists. This year I definitely feel like something's going on. Is there a surge going on uh, from your perspective on the front line? You know, January 30th in Texas, we pretty much hit a, a flat line for four months and uh, beat COVID. And then all of a sudden, something new appeared. Something new appeared. Where did SARS-2 come from, Dell? Yeah. And so it be something that comes from the same place. I've talked to a general. I've talked to a colonel. I've talked to congressmen about this. And uh, so... I'm saying we got to think outside the box here and look at the obvious. There, the, SARS-2 came from a specific source, came yeah. from a lab as far as I can tell. Right, right. And so uh, so I, I want people to think outside the box here. Uh, we were told by Fauci this is just a variant. Um, really? Um, based on what? Uh, right. I'm, I'm seeing that uh, we have SARS-2 didn't just come from bat soup, apparently. Right. Well, as those conversations change, it does start to make us question what is the purpose, where did it come from, whether then it was on purpose or on accident starts becoming, should be a much bigger conversation than it is in the middle of this, yet it seems to be avoided by all mainstream media that simply wants to tell us to avoid uh, a horse deworming paste. Uh, look, I, I know you're right. taking time away. I am so thankful to have you out there. Thank you for bringing clarity. In, in this case, the FDA is recommending monoclonal antibodies, and it sounds like it's working right before your eyes. So for people out there, I want to uh, we all want to thank you for continuing to just bring the facts as you see them and not getting caught up in any politicization of, of any of these discussions. Real lives are at stake, and, and uh, it's just great to know that you're brave enough to be out there on the front lines doing your job and telling the truth about it. Dale, I count you a good friend. I thank you for what you do. All right, thank you. Take care and get back to those patients. We love you. Bye. Bye. Get vaccinated now. Get vaccinated now. Get vaccinated now. Right now. Why are you still waiting? Please get vaccinated today. Let's do it as soon as we can. Get vaccinated now. Please get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Get it done. That's what the doctors are abundant want us to do. Let's go. Be smart. Be responsible. Get vaccinated. When I watched that video, I imagined that these are really good men that really care about people. From my perspective, I can tell they obviously haven't done the research that I've done about this vaccine. 
And I try to imagine what it's going to be like if the type of destruction that, like the inventor of mRNA vaccines, Robert Malone, is concerned about, or, you know, Geert van den Bosch, who was once running vaccine programs at Gavi, you know, Dr. Michael Yeadon. I mean, and you're amongst these doctors. When you watch that, what does it make you feel, think? I see dead men walking. You know, uh, if we look back into the Bible, when the Jews left Egypt, only 20% left. I don't know if you knew that. No, 80, I didn't know that. 80% chose to stay slaves. And then there was a generation in the, in the desert where half of them died off. So only t around 10% made it to Israel. So another way of saying it, that only 10% of the Jews, or in general, I would say all people, are able to leave the slave mentality and think, have redemptive thinking or think as free men. So while I don't doubt the motives of these people, I, I agree with your assessment, but the, the arrogance to think that they know better than world-class physicians. Uh, for, for example, I mean, I was the first to develop a protocol. Half of these people are alive or their families are alive because they use my protocol. I treated them all. Mm. And you would think there would be some appreciation or at least uh, take con uh, counsel with people who really know. My practice has treated almost now 7,000 patients. Wow. We've trained probably more than 1,000 physicians worldwide on how to treat COVID properly, and they've trained their students. So as a, as a collective group, we've, trained, we've treated millions of patients mm -hmm. successfully. And so we're the ones that have the experience. Most of these people that said have not treated one patient. Right. So they're in no position to render an opinion that has any validity, in my opinion. Now, the world experts are saying the following, that in animal models, these vaccines have been shown to kill animals because of a immune reaction called ADE. Yeah. That's a fact. Now, I'm gonna ask a simple question. Wouldn't it be a good idea to exclude that phenomenon from the human race before you deploy this vaccine on everyone? It's one of the, yes, I agree. It's one of the things that I've been very concerned about and brought up a lot on this show. So the gambling, the gambling with the survival of the human race and according to many experts now, we're beginning to see the, the, the start of ADE. Yeah. There are, the patients that have been vaccinated have higher and get sick, have higher viral load titers or levels than the unvaccinated. Right. That means that they're gonna be sicker. And Israeli hospitals are filled with vaccinated patients. Right. The three top countries in the world that have, been full, uh, have the most vaccinated of their citizens is Israel, Gibraltar, and Seychelles, an island nation in the Indian Ocean. They all have more than 85% vaccinated. They're all having huge outbreaks of Delta variant. Yeah. So whenever you evaluate any therapeutic, you have to first of all see if you need it, does it work, and is it safe? Yeah. And in my opinion, in general, there's no medical necessity for COVID-19 treatment, only in the high-risk group, which has a 7.5% death rate. By the way, you saw they didn't any facts. They didn't quote any studies. They just it's rhetoric. Yeah, it's propaganda. 
Well, I'm going to assume that script is written probably by somebody uh, in Hollywood, scripted it, brought it in, said this is what you should say, probably had some experts. As we look forward, are you concerned that we may, I've say, made some fairly dramatic comments out there, that when I look at ADE, when I look at the history of this vaccine uh, with the, all of the animal trials, and I say to everybody, all the animal trials, not some of them, all of them were seeing this issue. It was a big enough problem that we watched Dr. Peter Hotez go before the Congress early last year and say there's this problem with immune enhancement that I think is going to be very difficult to get around. Nobody seemed to care. We rushed into human trials. We rushed right out of those human trials to the population. And now we have very highly regarded experts that are very concerned about ADE, that we may be seeing the beginning of this, high titers, high you know, viral loads, a waning vaccine, which was always the concern. Everybody that's worried about ADE, even though they'll admit they don't really know what causes it, the big concern is if you have sort of a drop in your neutralizing antibodies and what remain or maybe disease-enhancing antibodies. Um, I've said I think that we may see one of the great human die-offs of all times because of this vaccine. Um, are you in? Are you of that opinion, or do you see it a different way? I I feel that we're on the verge of a genocide, and I don't I don't use that word lightly. I'm uh, my family was the victim of a genocide uh, in World War Two. Over forty of my relatives were shot or buried alive in a place called Babi Yar outside of Kiev. So I know what genocide is. I've, I grew up with stories about it. So I don't use that word lightly. Okay. And, what I, and I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I hope I'm ridiculed for the rest of my life because if I'm right, and if the world experts are right, then what we're really looking at is a death rate, according to some opinions, of 90% of the vaccinated people now do i think it's going to be 90 percent? you know what let's say it's only 10 percent. yeah so think about it there are two billion people already vaccinated right 10 percent of that is 200 million people yeah that's not enough it's huge it's huge i mean as i said that would be the largest human die-off that i know of do you know what the death rate would be if every single human being on the planet got COVID 19 and they were not treated it would be less than 0.5 percent that works out to be 35 million people Horrific. I would never advocate for 35 million right. people to die. However, if they're treated properly, you can reduce that number by 85% to 5 million people. So assuming every single human being on the planet got COVID-19 and we treated the high-risk patients properly, we would have 5 million dead people out of 7 billion. You know, I think Bill Gates is a sociopath. I think we're all suffering because he couldn't get a girlfriend in high school. <laughs> but what he said in 2015 at a TED lecture, you know that, yeah. that the world population should be reduced by 15% because of global warming. Then last year, the same guy said that 7 billion people need to be vaccinated. This is all on film. So I'm going to ask you a simple question. Why would I take a vaccine for my health advocated for and financed by someone who wants to reduce the world population? I would not think that that would be the best person to take that advice from. So, I agree with you completely. Right. So, yeah. so depending on what percentage you believe, Dr. Dolores Cahill is saying 90%. Yeah. Other doctors are saying 75% or 50%. I just told you, if every single human being, 7 billion people got COVID, 
the, and we treated people properly, the death yeah. rate would be 5 million people. Compare that to an estimate of, let's say, 10% of humanity. Yeah. Yeah. 700 million people. Yeah. And, and, and we're talking about, you know, over time, the cancers, the autoimmune disease, all things, and, the, and the, the quality of life that is going to be on the horizon. What, in your mind, when you think that through, when I think of that video with all of these rabbis saying, get your shot, do what's right, you know, and I think of all the politicians all around the world, Israel, America, you know, uh, the UK, you name it, uh, Australia. Um, I don't think, I don't believe they're all in on some desire. Maybe, maybe Bill Gates has a, a different agenda, but these people are doing what they believe the experts told them to do. What will that moment be like when it sinks in on these rabbis, when it sinks on, in on these politicians that I led millions of people to their death? If that ends up, on, you know, and I, I pray with you that we're wrong, but when we look at the science, do you imagine what that will be like? And how about the people that trusted those spiritual leaders, those political leaders? What happens to our society? So we're segregating into two groups. I say, I really believe that we're being tested by God here. Mm -hmm. And that every individual is being asked one simple question. Who are you going to seek salvation from? Are you going to bow down to me who makes you? who loves you, who vivifies you every second, and put your trust in me? Or are you going to bow down to sociopathic oligarchs, corrupt governments, or the golden calf of this false vaccine? Because mm -hmm. if you do that, let's see how that works out for you. So I think, the, really, the great... I I'm a globalist, and I believe in the Great Reset, but in a little different way. Okay. I think God is the king of kings. And then he has global dominion over the world. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to reset the world's mentality from paganism and idol worship and child sacrifice to the service of the creator. So I'm, I'm a globalist and I'm a great resetter. Okay. But completely different than the World Economic Forum, who wants to enslave humanity by making you codependent on all these finite government forces and, and personalities and so on. You know, they say you will own nothing and you'll be happy. What kind of sociopath says that? I know. Only one that's going to be the one that's uh, renting you everything. <laughs> so I, I think we need to. Now, here's a piece of advice. There's many more of us than them. You know, during World War II, uh, one Nazi with a German shepherd could corral a thousand Jews into a gas chamber when all they had to do was turn around and trample him. Yeah. Be because of the demoralization of the individual because of the fear and the isolation people have become sheep and the reality is there's many many more of us than them and the, what we really need to say uh, i can't really say what i want to say but uh, i will say that um no i will not take your vaccine yeah i will rather lose my job or lose my position in school not travel on the airplane but you're not gonna coerce me into taking course of action that will limit my future yeah i'd rather sacrifice the present than have a future than sacrifice my future for some conveniences in the present very well put and the reality is that unfortunately there's going to be a lot of job vacancies i wouldn't worry about finding a job right yeah yeah it's true so you have to have the, you have to value your life you have to understand you're made in god's image your your soul is a part of god and you have to sanctify it by 
staying alive and serving him and not uh, give in to your fear and run to false gods. I think society is going to segregate itself into two, um, two groups. It's already happening. Who wins? God always wins. Now, the history of the last 32 years that I've been the director of NIAID will tell the next administration that there's no doubt in anyone's mind that they will be faced with the challenges that their predecessors were faced with. That there's no doubt in anyone's mind that they will be faced with the challenges that their predecessors were faced with. And uh, Robert Redfield. And then, meanwhile, Francis Collins was working on the evangelical church to get them on board to believe all these lies, to believe the fact that people were stacking up in the dead in the streets, and it wasn't true at all. The whole thing was being fabricated. Um, maybe it was a it was a pandemic that went wrong, and, and they really didn't get the body count that they were looking for. So they began to fabricate the uh, the deaths. So that's really what was. Uh, getting me uh, very uh, disturbed early on and as this thing was unfolding last year, but knowing that it's at the hands of Jesuitry in America. Um, I guess it was uh, during the, uh, after the assassination of President Lincoln, there was a, uh, a, a, a group that investigated that and they found it was the Jesuits behind the assassination of President uh, Lincoln and the, they, the diplomatic ties with the Vatican were severed and uh, they were severed for over well over 100 years. It wasn't until Ronald Reagan reestablished the, uh, the diplomatic ties with the Vatican um, back in the 80s. So the, the Jesuits are a sneaky bunch and uh, it was the church that did stand up against it in the past and we're hoping that the church would do that again. So when you talk about, I know exactly what you're talking about on these uh, inflated numbers, because you're right. When you mentioned 6%, that was even reported. I remember hearing it reported in the news. 6%, according to the CDC, was, uh, would be actually related to COVID-19. So they're inflating all these death numbers because I remember, you know, people talking about the news, how this motorcycle guy got killed in a motorcycle accident. <clears throat> and uh, they counted it as a COVID death because he had been tested positive <laughs> for COVID. <laughs> but he got run over by an 18-wheeler, right? But that's what, it was COVID. It was a COVID death, even though, you know, as if the 18-wheeler had nothing to do with the, the traffic accident. Uh, and, then, and then, of course, I made a big deal about John uh, Glenn's... Uh, John Glenn, he was the first guy in space or something like that. I, I know better about biblical and uh, Christian history than I do about secular history, but uh, his wife, you know, John Glenn, his wife died last year, and it was counted as a COVID death. And they said something like, uh, well, she was 100 years old or something like that. Uh, but she died of COVID, you see, because she was tested positive for COVID. But her being 100 years old had nothing to do with, you know, with her dying. It was the, it was the, the virus, right? And so there's all these, these deaths. And I remember at the time I heard that 6% uh, from the CDC that they had like 200,000 deaths uh, in America 
Uh, and when you look at it, 6% might have had something actually to do uh, out of 200 death, 200,000. Of course, they've inflated those numbers big time since then. But uh, so you're looking, you're looking at 200,000, 6% of that was about, what, about 12,000. About 12,000 people might have died from it, perhaps, uh, which doesn't even stack up to influenza and some of these other killers that are out there that people don't wear masks for, you know. <laughs> and I'm going, what's going on? And the survival rate is still 99.7%. If you got it, your chances of living through it are 99.7%. And so I'm going, what's the big deal about wearing a mask? I mean, we didn't do it for all these other diseases. I have, I took them right off the CDC site for previous years before this pandemic took place. And you're talking, you know, like 80,000 people or something like that died in 2017 from influenza. <laughs> and and here, here we got this, this COVID-19 supposedly at the 6% thing was, was right, uh, killing 12,000, you know. <laughs> but, but how come they didn't say anything in 2017 about 80,000 people dying? You can see how the, the, the stack of lies they're leading somewhere and they're leading to the, the, the shots, basically what the substance that they want to put into people's bodies, all of this last year's theater leads to that. And um, another thing I forgot to mention too, which you kind of brought up with the mask is that they pro were propagating the lie that there was a, a asymptomatic spread of a virus, which has never been proven medically but but these are the, the the lies that men like Fauci and the head of the CDC, or Redfield Jesuits, were propagating, and uh, and then they they were it, it, it's strange, but I saw the parallel between the Dark Ages and, and where they were uh, they were the, the the Vatican scientists of that day were were promoting a flat Earth, and then the, today's Vatican scientists are all promoting a flat curve. So it just—it seems like a repeat of what they're leading us back into this dark age. Um, but in the the masking, there's so many multiple applications for for all this. Like the masking is preparing people to be uh, segregated. Uh, you cannot shop, buy, or sell unless you wear the mask. And now we're being ushered into vaccine passports, where you're not going to be able to buy, shop, or sell unless you have your vaccine passport up to date. So, you know, we can see the work of the Antichrist. We see the work of Rome, um, and we need to expose it more. We need to get this message out to God, to the church, to God's people, that uh, this is just a lot more than just a few people uh, dying. Uh, this is about a big agenda that they're unrolling, and knowing who's behind it, would help. I think I, I felt it was important for people to see who's behind it because when new things come out, you can get quicker to the truth when you understand who is behind it, this agenda. And I clearly see that it's at the hand of Rome. Well, this, this masking thing to me, it was funny when they, when they first started doing it. Uh, yeah, I also, a lot of my viewers know that I work at the main post office. 
I think the first four months uh, of this thing, I never wore a mask at all. People were already wearing masks and stuff like that, and they didn't make us either. Uh, but then they, then the the mayor of Austin is a a, a flaming liberal Democrat. Uh, I don't know. I don't think liberal is a good word for what they're doing these days. It's more like Marxist. But uh, the uh, they started making us wear masks, and uh, that forced me to just have to do that. But a mask itself, scientifically doesn't stop a virus molecule. They see those masks that you would are simple ones. They can't even help you in a, a smoky fire. The, the molecules for a fire are far bigger than molecules for a virus, which means that, that those virus molecules can go right through that mask with no difficulty because they're so tiny. Because uh, the mask doesn't even help you against bigger molecules from like smoke. Uh, and that's why the World Health Center was already saying you don't need to wear a mask at the beginning, you know. Since then they kind of got too much political pressure and changed their mind but and, and changed it. But uh, for a mask to really stop uh, tiny virus particles, it needs to be at least 20 layers thick like they have at the hospitals. And even then, that mask is only good for about 20 minutes because when you breathe into it, it becomes moist and susceptible for things passing through it, like these tiny molecules. And so those masks, even the hotshot ones that are 20 layers thick that they use in medical professions, uh, are only good for about 20 minutes. You know, <laughs> And so, so I'm, a, I'm getting all this stuff I've been researching. It, it is like even medical military tests were done with the, in the military, and this is on file showing that they took a test group of uh, military soldiers that wore the mask as opposed to uh, soldiers in the same, you know, in this, this, this controlled environment didn't wear masks. They found that the people that wore masks came down with problems more than the ones that didn't wear masks. <laughs> and see, here again, people are forgetting the sovereignty of God and his creation. They don't, they, they're not realizing that God has made his creation and given us bodies that have the ability to overcome a lot of things that could harm our bodies, like, you know, uh, you know, diseases, sicknesses, things of that nature. And then the alternative, the opposite of that is uh, what we're seeing through the pharmaceutical industry. And uh, I imagine you're probably familiar with the word pharmakia that was used in uh, yes. uh, throughout the New Testament. And it was translated as witchcraft. Um, but as you go into your strong concordance, you find out that actually is drug use. So, you know, back in the day, only witches were using drugs. So they found the parallel, but it's really drug use and it goes right back to Satan. And this is, this is the work of the devil uh, is getting people down this whole pharmaceutical pathway as opposed to trusting in God and their God given immune systems. It's a, it's a complete uh, counterfeit. It's just, uh, this, it's sad um, that, that we've, allowed it to get this out of hand in our country where we're sliding into medical tyranny. Well, see, also just the political pressure where all these churches are shut down because of this pandemic. You can't even have a regular church service or 
you know, some, in some of these countries, they like I think it happened in Germany or something like that. They they broke in. I think it also happened in Canada uh, where they break into a church service because they're not wearing masks. And right. you, you got guys in riot helmets and they got bulletproof vests. <laughs> and they're coming here, these little old ladies in the church service, you know, because they're not wearing yeah. a mask. And they start forcing them to wear a mask. And, and I just see that as interference from the devil. Uh, sure. to, to interfere with a, a normal worship of God in, a, in the context that God has defined in the Word of God. It's sad that in Canada, they, they don't have the uh, Bill of Rights protections that we do here in America. They, they tried those tactics here early on, but, you know, it's actually, I'd like to put in a plug-in for the Liberty Council. They're uh, a group of uh, um, aggressive Christian lawyers out of Florida that have helped open up uh, and crack apart the false pandemic in California and opened up the churches again uh, that the governor Newsom was closing down. So we have to be very grateful that we, our forefathers, our Christian forefathers, they left uh, a bill of rights for us to avoid what we're into, but we have to exercise these rights. We have to get engaged as a culture um, one of the uh, things in my research I came across was Dr. Benjamin Rush, who was one of our, uh, he was one of the signers on the Constitution, and uh, he was a medical doctor, and uh, I believe he was also the founder of the American Bible Society, uh, I have to check on that, but uh, very active Christian, and uh, he foretold uh, a possible coming, a medical tyranny that could come in, that he wanted to include in our Constitution uh, something to protect against medical tyranny. He saw that as a possibility. And that's kind of what we're seeing in this nation. And, uh, and, and a lot of it flows right from the Centers for Disease Control, which was once headed by uh, Robert Redfield, who, who stepped down uh, when Trump left office. But Redfield, uh, he was involved in uh, falsifying data during the AIDS uh, crisis because he was trying to come up with a vaccine for AIDS. So he, he has a history of deceit and deception, Jesuit trained, um, but it's through the CDC that in their grant programs, this is how the states receive money in their health departments. State and county health departments are funded by grant money from the CDC. And this is where all these uh, mandates get dispersed from is from the county health departments. And obviously when you receive a grant money, they come with the uh, stipulations, do's and don'ts. So, you know, when you follow the money back, you, it goes right back to the CDC. I haven't gotten beyond where they get their funds, but obviously they're pulling from a pool of fiat money that costs them nothing, but they've bribed health departments all across this nation. And that's why you see the states uh, battling that, especially, uh, in Florida, they've really stood up against their health department and put them in their place. And uh, they've even exposed the false PCR test. That's why they opened up early with Governor DeSantis uh, uncovering that, that, that information. So we need to engage. We need to stand up to this uh, as Christians, as Christian men. We need to stand against tyranny. That's really my conviction. That's really what the hope of the Berean Beacon is that people would wake up I found it kind of ironic, uh, providential, I should say, that the, the name of the Berean Beacon, uh, Richard's uh, 
father-in-law had came up with the name Brian Beacon, but at the time, Richard just had a heart for evangelism. He just wanted to reach people with the gospel. And I kept curious, why, why did they pick that name? And now I see that uh, Richard's ministry was there. It was a beacon to shine these truths, to expose uh, what, what the Vatican global agenda, you know, how the, the Pope uh, is uh, working on a, a, on a grand scale to circumvent the, the Reformation, to take over and destroy American Protestantism. So um, the, I, I see that the work of the beacon now is to shine these truths out to warn the people of the dangers of uh, getting too close to the shore. And uh, we're getting awfully close to the Vatican and people need to wake up. I like to call it just, it's a bioweapon. You know, it's being used against people. Now we're uh, just starting to see that the body counts increase for those that are, have died from taking the vaccine, but the damage to people and their lives is... Uh, uh, growing uh, day by day. I, I've heard all kinds of um, doom and gloom predictions for those who have taken the vaccine. Uh, I'll let people do their own research on that. Um, but it, it's strange why they would want this substance in people's bodies. So that alone should be a red flag. I'll explain to you, because if you truly believe in God, if we're uh, made in God's image, that has implications. The implication is that life has sanctity. If life has sanctity, we have rights. We have human rights. That's the source of natural law. And if we have human rights, then it's not in Bill Gates or Klaus Schwab or any other sociopath to decide how long I'm going to live and how many people should be on the planet. That's God's prerogative. However, if you take that out and view people as no no different than an animal in a Darwinist perspective or eugenics perspective, and basically survival of the fittest is the yardstick that you measure uh, the dominance hierarchy of humanity. So in that case, these people feel that they're on top of the uh, of the pyramid and entitles them to to decide if you and me should live. Today, we have a real treat for you. Probably one of the most important interviews I've ever done. Why? Because we're going to talk about something so unthinkable sh- and shocking that you're likely going to be very surprised. That's why I got Dr. Vladimir Zelenko. In my observation, clinicians who are committed, who have high integrity and committed to the truth of the fundamental basis of what solving that the problem that their patients come to them with uh, eventually come to the same conclusion, even though they're, they're coming from different backgrounds and perspectives. And, and you're, you're a classic example of that. I think uh, there's so many solutions are uh, simple mm-hmm. and uh, b- based on millennia of information and the, the trend in the pharmaceutical industry and modern uh, societies to believe that something that is, new or has a patent or has a brand name is better for you. And sometimes it is, but sometimes it isn't. And this is the perfect example where like COVID-19, we can call it death by affluence because a lot of the countries that could afford the vaccinations and the expensive treatments, uh, they suppressed the cheap generic treatments and other countries that had no choice. I remember I consulted uh, with the government government of Honduras consulted with me. It's a very poor country. And they uh, adopted the, the pre-hospital approach uh, very early. And 
even their president reported to President Trump that, that we're seeing tr tremendous results. Um, so uh, when I say death by affluence, it means that uh, our own wealth, materialism, and profit-driven desires sometimes end up killing us. Yes, indeed. Not by design. Well, actually by design, but designed the people behind the scenes, as you uh, clearly referenced earlier. So I really appreciate your framing this and putting it into a proper perspective, give, give people an understanding, the proper understanding of what's happening so they can make informed decisions and uh, really identify strategies that they're comfortable with. Uh, and rather than listening to the incredible 24-7 propaganda they're being exposed to, it's, it's just... It's crazy. I mean, this, you know, you refer to this as the, the, the genocidal event. I mean, it's literally, it's, it most likely will be at least five to 10 times more deadly than what they did in World War II. Unless people get, wake up. And I don't think that's going to happen because the propaganda is so comprehensive. Right. So this is a battle for the consciousness of man. Mm -hmm. um, whether we're going to, I'll get a little theological, uh, whether we're going to accept that there's a God that we're made in his image and our lives have sanctity, or whether we're going to submit to uh, the idol worshipers and, and, the, and the corrupt human beings that really are looking to uh, make themselves uh, feel more better about themselves and more powerful by suppressing us. I think that there's a lot of this narcissistic, sociopathic, wannabe deity mentality uh, by the woke global uh, intellectuals that think that they know better. Um, and in my understanding, they've devolved into the most base, um, you know, primitive human beings that you can imagine uh, by their rejection of, of the divine nature of humans. So um, my... My advice to anyone, wherever you feel that fear is being induced, whoever is trying to scare you, oh, the Delta variant is coming. Oh, my God, we're all going to die again. Uh, you should know that they're a mouthpiece for evil. And I would stay away from that as far as possible and just purge fear from your mentality and just do the right, take, do simple preventive measures and your life will be much more meaningful and safer. And um, fulfilling yes indeed yeah i've come to the perspective that there's really only two emotions that are out there the one that you mentioned which is fears which they've used it's the most effective motivator activating that reptilian brain but the other emotion that counters that is love and it's certainly an, you're an example of what uh, applying that is in this context and spreading truth and information so people can understand and really rescue themselves from this tyrannical intervention Thanks so much for watching. Remember, hit the like and subscribe button so you can get more videos that can help you and your family take control of your health. On the right-hand side, this is what the spike protein, just the spike alone from the vaccine, is doing to the mitochondria of your cells. That's the engine of your cells. That's what gives you energy, the power of your cells. Compare the left, the smooth, nice, put together. Compare the right blown apart, fragmented. That's from the vaccine, not from the virus, from the vaccine. 
Okay, so here's the human body. You can see the plethora of sites where we have ACE2 receptors. Now think about it. I mentioned they tell us, oh gosh, the spike stays in your deltoid. It doesn't. It circulates. In the Harvard study in 13 nurses, they showed it circulating for at least two weeks. A lot of people lack something called mRNAs, an enzyme that breaks down the RNA. So it may be circulating for even longer. Now you hear, well gosh, they died, you know, just so long after the shot. So, you know, it was two weeks, three weeks, Hank Aaron, whoever. You know what? That spike's circulating. They, they tried to pull the wool over our eyes and say, well, it couldn't have been the shot. We're too far out. Not if the toxin's still circulating. Not if the toxin's still circulating. The spike is the toxin. Damage to the lungs, like I mentioned. On the left-hand side, healthy lung tissue, nice spaced out. See, this is what pathologists do. We look at all these cells all day long. It's kind of fun. We're nerds this way. On the right-hand side, see how much more purple and blue that is? That's all inflammation. Why? ACE2 receptors in that lung, spike binding to it, inflammatory response, immune system attacking your own body, disease from the spike, disease from your own clot shot, investigational vaccine. They keep lying to the American public by calling it a vaccine. They keep taking the word investigational off as what they call it in the emergency authorization. They keep not calling it what it is, investigational, an experiment on humanity. And that's what they're doing, and I'm showing you why. Spike is a toxin, crosses the blood-brain barrier, kind of like my brain cells to be where they are and not be blown apart, right? So why in the world would we put a toxin into the human body that's going to disrupt the blood vessels in your brain, allow the spike in there, it'll cause inflammation. The brain fog you hear about from the COVID patients, guess what, you hear about it in the post-vaccinated uh, damaged individuals as well. But no, nobody's hurt by the shot. There's not been one death. There's not been one injury. That's what they tell you. It's a lie. And this is science. Okay, here we go. That's all the blue on top. Those are brain cells. All the blue doesn't belong there. That's inflammation from the spike. What about the kiddos? Heart inflammation, guess what? Lots of ACE2 receptors in the heart. And here you can see on the left-hand side, see those blue arrows around the white? That's inflammation in the heart. That's not normal. That's after a shot. That's a spike protein landing there. That's your immune system attacking your own tissues. See on the right, that's the uh, red arrows. That's the pericardium, the sac that surrounds your heart. That's inflammation. That doesn't belong there. Once you have heart damage, the heart does not heal itself. Okay, left-hand side, all the blue dots, inflammation. See that gray in the middle? That's early scarring. Guess what? Once a heart cell is damaged, it's damaged forever. It doesn't replace itself with another heart cell. It replaces itself with a scar. So you tell me you want to give a 12-year-old, a 5-year-old, a 13-year-old, an 18-year-old a shot, and we see about a 200 times increase in myocarditis in our society right now? That's a good idea. Let's give a kid a toxin, ruin his heart for life. Stop and think about what we're doing. Insanity. We need to stop the insanity immediately. This is over. Game over. This is no longer good science. This is a poisonous attack on our population. And it needs to stop now. Kidney. Same thing. Kidneys are kind of important. Three things in life, blood goes round and round, gotta breathe, gotta make pee. You don't do those three things, you die. Kidney, you wanna damage your kidney with a, sh a clot shot? Not a good idea either. 
Liver, kind of need your liver to detoxify everything in your life. Same thing. Damage to the liver. See all that blue? That's inflammation. Doesn't belong there. Testes, kind of important for the next generation, right? As much as that looks like a lovely heart, see all the blue in it? Inflammation. Same thing in the ovaries. Here's the problem. Essentially absent from the literature, what are they hiding from us? Okay. Japanese biodistribution study took some doing to find this study. Dr. Um, Bridal up in Canada, and of course he was attacked for telling the truth. The lipid nanoparticle that surrounds the little mRNA they're injecting into people's bodies, yes, a lot of it stays in the deltoid, but it, it circulates as well. Guess where it likes to concentrate? A really biologically active organ, the ovary. And in the Pfizer paperwork and application, it clearly states that in the rats there was a 16% decrease in fertility. One of the most fertile little critters mammals on the planet. And they, these are not the droids you're looking for, never mind. So what's it doing to humanity? Guess what? The answer is, we don't know. Because we don't have long-term safety data yet. That's the tragedy and the crime in all of this. They're pushing it. It's an experiment. It's emergency authorized. It's not approved. We don't... Humanity is the phase three trial. COVID's a clotting disease, as some of my colleagues have mentioned. After a shot, we as physicians, especially a patient uh, complaining of post-vaccine symptoms, a D-dimer will go up when we have clots. We can't see these clots on x-ray or scan. These are microclots. All these, these inflammatory patterns that I'm showing you are from microclots as well. If we look at this in the patients, we know that they're microclotting. So this is something Dr. Norchasm, just like uh, Dr. Ursa mentioned, patient who has already had COVID, COVID recovered, broad, beautiful immunity. They're lying to you to say that it's not equal to a vaccine immunity. I love the blue pen rainbow analogy Dr. Urso gave. Screened before vaccine, there's a multiple, multiple fold increase risk of adverse reactions. If you've had COVID and recovered, you get a shot, you hyper rev that immune system, you may be screwed and or dead. All right, I'm going to reiterate, one cannot find that for which they do not look. Billions of dollars spent on advertising of, again, a toxin into the human body, investigational vaccines. Again, I will say to our agencies, our federal government, where's the funding for real science? They don't want you to see what we're seeing. In the laboratory, I have, a, I have the tissues of a dead man on the back of my desk. I have two more coming next week. Guess what? Just a couple days after a shot. 50-year-old healthy triathlete. One of my favorite surgeons in town that I worked with, second shot, mountain biking gone. All right, the other concern I already brought up, we have no long-term safety data. This is what we need to emphasize to society and ask the, the authoritative agencies. What's the risk for cancer after the shot? We don't know. What's the risk for autoimmune disease? We don't know. What's the risk for uh, impairing fertility for a lifetime? We don't know. So why in the world will we willy-nilly push forward at the pace and the rate that we're going without knowing these things? Complete anti-science and a complete attack on us. No more mandatory forcing of employees. How in the world are these hospitals and these employers saying, you can't work for me if you don't sign up to be a subject in an experiment on humanity? Go back to the 
1947 Nuremberg Code. We're absolutely violating this as a nation and a people. Where are the billions to do the autopsies? Where are the billions to prove the science? Where are the autopsies? I will go back. Crickets. They're not there. Dismissal by the collusive media of any adverse events or death. That's a problem. And what happened to the concept of the Me Too movement? Believe everybody. What happened to believe her? Believe the story. What happened to believe anyone? Why won't they believe the science? They won't believe the science. They dismissed the science. What happened to this movement of believe it until you can disprove it? Gone. Gone. All right, a couple side-by-side -side notes. Really critically, and I'm almost out of time, what we're seeing in the laboratory is the shots dysregulate your immune response. We have very important cells that keep other viruses in check, that keep cancers in check. There's a type of cell called a CD8 killer T cell. Well, there's a study out of Germany and the Netherlands that showed a shifted immune profile. And at the end, their conclusion was, we see a concerning pattern of the cells we normally need to fight off these other things. But the answer is, we don't know for how long that shifted pattern lasts. It's like having eight blockers on the front line. This is Texas, we can talk football. Having eight blockers on the front line and paralyzing three or four of them. But the answer is, we don't know if they're paralyzed for the rest of the game or the rest of their career. And then what we see from this in the laboratory is an uptick of herpes family viruses, molluscum, human papillomavirus, all sorts of viruses, mononucleosis, etc., reactivating. Reactivating at levels, and, and I'm a pathologist, so we see this in the, in the laboratory, and I'm seeing the early signal. Well, guess what else that CD8 cell does? And some receptors on some of these T cells called toll like receptors, and there's a certain pattern of them. They keep cancer in check. I have seen a 10 to 20 fold increase of uterine cancer in the last six months in my laboratory. And I keep data year to year to year. In the last six months, when did we start the shots? January. How much solid tumor cancer increase are we going to see over the next several years? Probably a lot. What's the real answer? We don't know. And sometimes that's the most honest answer in medicine is we don't know. A doctor that tells you he or she knows everything, don't believe him. Find a new doctor. Increase the latent viruses, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, I know I'm out of time for questions. Thank you so much, and uh, God bless. You know, if an alien was watching this, did anyone see uh, back in the 90s, there was a movie called uh, Contact, and it was all the Carl Sagan, SETI stuff, uh, and that one super liberal female actress was in it, whatever her name was. Anyway, and, um, uh, but uh, when contact was finally made with this extraterrestrial life, they sent back to us the first images we sent out on television, which were uh, the Nazis and the, the Olympic Games in, what was it, 38, something like that? Um, 36 to 38 and, uh, and that freaked everybody out that you know so the first images sent by aliens back to us are of the Nazis uh, but if they were sitting out there watching all of this and 
cataloging our history based upon what we have transmitted out into space. Um, I can just imagine them sitting there going, you know, this didn't turn out real well last time. <laughs> and y'all are going to do it again? Uh, we need to move on. There is no intelligent life on this planet uh, because it, that that's that's the case. But they who ignore history are doomed to repeat it and those who study it are doomed to sit around and watch the people who've ignored it repeat it and without them being able to do anything about it.